calling all coffee lovers. Every wellpreneur, mom, college student, employee, business owner knows the importance of starting your day off right. But how would it be to add some mushrooms to that coffee? Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee, that is, with its rich, smooth flavor and ground lion's mane mushroom, which has been shown to boost cognition and reduce inflammation, it is my go-to cup of coffee for starting my day off right. Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom is the perfect pairing of health and caffeine. Mushroom in your coffee? I'll take it for the added benefits of mental clarity and the smooth, delicious flavor. Try it for yourself. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BEWELL at us.foursigmatic.com. Living, learning, and loving are all experiences that affect each one of us at one time or another. The three L's hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, is here to help you navigate life in a down-to-earth and realistic way, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live, learn, and love to the fullest. Hey you, welcome back to season two of the three L's. I'm super excited to be here. I really missed making the podcast while I've taken my little break for the past couple of months. However, just like with anything, creativity has really blossomed. It has grown just in taking this rest. I'm excited to share that I have hit over a thousand downloads to the first season and I also found out that 17 different countries are now listening to the three L's. So it just goes to show that mental wellness transcends across different um, countries, across different areas, populations. So thank you. Thank you so much for sticking around. And I'm so happy to be back here with the second season. You may have noticed that there's been some new changes if you follow me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine Counseling. And so I have launched the 3Ls Solution where I am offering my Boundaries 101 wellness course to start in addition to business management consulting because I want all of my fellow wellnesspreneurs to have the dream business that they've always thought of, what was maybe just even a figment of their imagination. So I'm here to help you achieve that. And in terms of setting healthy boundaries, y'all know that boundaries are my therapy spirit animal. So I am super excited to go ahead and offer these new options. Stay in touch. You know, Instagram is my main method of being in touch and I'm happy to be there just offering some other free resources and information. So for today, I'm real pumped because I am talking all about toxic positivity. Now, this is a concept that's fairly new. I definitely did not ever hear one iota about toxic positivity when I was in graduate school back in mm, 2007 maybe. So I am super happy to be talking about toxic positivity, which sounds just ironic in and of itself, but (laughs) I am excited because I'm going to bring you a down-to-earth real approach to what toxic positivity is. When I was researching for this episode. Well, let me back up because the 
origin of this episode came from actually an Instagram post that I made just off the cuff. Um, I had had the, my own experience with somebody who toxic positivity the heck out of me and I was left this you know left the situation feeling like what just happened here and it took me a good couple of hours to really reflect um even my husband asked me he's like what happened at that at the meeting and um it was actually at the dentist's office and he said what happened at the dentist like you're acting weird and uh so I ended up kind of figuring out oh wow okay so I was like super invalidated just on a very basic level so I'll share that story with you to really illustrate the point of what toxic positivity can look like but when I was researching um I found this great article by the psychologygroup.com and I really enjoy the way that they clearly define toxic positivity. So I am taking some information from them, but also just my own kind of awareness on this topic that also from that very Instagram post, I got a lot of feedback. A lot of people weighed in. They said, I've been there. I get it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Got some private messages asking about toxic positivity, how it manifests itself. So thus the season two, episode one episode was born. So let's jump right into it. How I define toxic positivity is when an individual essentially overgeneralizes positivity and inadvertently or on purpose avoids acknowledging negative or difficult emotions. So the psychologygroup.com defines toxic positivity as excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, the minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Ooh, it is such a doozy. I mean, it's something that we hear about. Um, the phrase when too much of a good thing is a bad thing comes to mind for me. And the same can be said about po- positivity. You know, we hear be positive, look on the bright side of life, uh, be part of the positive vibe tribe. However, by always trying to be so positive, we are not giving power to difficult emotional experiences that are there for a reason. I strongly believe and advocate that our emotions can, number one, they can guide us. They can help us identify a little more closely who we are, what we want out of life, what we like, what we don't like. They can also be almost a learning point, a growth opportunity where if we're always feeling sad, upset, angry, we can grow from it and say, what is going on here for me to always be feeling sad or angry? You know, what do I need to do differently? How can I learn from this interaction? So backing it back up, once again, just like with anything in life, too much positivity is a bad thing. So especially when it is used to cover up or even silence the experience of being human. This is when it becomes toxic. And I gotta bring in that family of origin can play a big role in this. And you know, when somebody is toxic positivity, it 
when that's what they portray is that constant stream of positivity, don't worry about it, let it go, it's not that bad, it could be worse. I, I like to believe, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here, but I like to believe that that person is trying to come from a good place, but they either don't know what to say or they don't know how to validate the other human being. So I don't want to be talking bad about your mama or your dad or your grandma or whoever raised you and you recognize that there was some toxic positivity because you heard those statements all the time, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, um, you're better than this, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not trying to say anything negative, uh, but unfortunately, when we are told these messages all through growing up, we start to ingrain them. We start to internalize the fact that, oh, okay, well, I'm feeling sad. Let me just pull myself up by the bootstraps. Let me tell myself it doesn't matter. It's not important. I'll just keep moving. However, when we keep moving through the difficult emotions and we don't give power to them, that's when stuff hits the fan. That's when... Um, anxiety attacks start to happen. That's when a major depressive episode starts to happen because I will give the analogy that I always give. Maybe I need to think of a different one, but this one just fits so much. So emotions are essentially like putting a pot on simmer on the stove. It can stay just as it is simmering for a given period of time. However, at some point, it's going to get so hot that it boils over. And that is the same with not acknowledging our difficult or hard emotions. They will end up boiling over, whether a fight gets picked with a significant other or a friendship or a relationship just gets totally shut down because you're just over it and there was never any conversation about what had been bothering you. But toxic positivity has that dark side and that's what it looks like. So let me share this quick example because I think that this will help highlight the point of what can happen in an everyday basis. Now, when I share this story, number one, I'm not saying that this person was a bad person. I feel like I have to make a disclaimer because I ended up having a, a great experience. However, it was just initially super off-putting. If you know me, you know that I thrive on authenticity. I like to keep it real. I'm the first one that's going to tell you that's messed up or I hate that for you or I get it. I've been there. It's the worst. You know, I really seek to come from a place of empathy because that is what I want in any relationship that I have is a true empathetic human connection. So even being a therapist in my client interactions, I'll be the first to just be super real. I may even self-disclose with the intention of letting you know, hey, you're not alone. Like we are all in this life together. So <laughs> short tangent, but that's where I'm coming from. So a couple weeks ago, I had gone to a new dentist for my six-month checkup. And, you know, you're meeting with the hygienist and they're cleaning your teeth. And then the dentist always pops in to, like, give their little assessment or check-in or whatever. And, you know, she, she comes in and super perky, super nice. Um, granted, I was hangry. You know, I was about a six on a scale of uh, zero to ten. So I was, you know, I was almost to no, no man's land. But um, <laughs> she asked me, so how's your week been? And I said, busy, a little long, you know, a little stressful. And I was kind of surprised that I had answered that way. It was like, I was just in total like 
vulnerability mode because for the most part when somebody asks me I'll literally just be like oh yeah it's fine you know whatever if it's not somebody who's very like majorly significant in my life and she looked at me and said well um that's okay the weekend's coming it's Friday no more stress you don't have to work this weekend do you and I just shook my head no she said good no more stress the weekend's here and I thought what the hell is going on? Like, where is this coming from? And, you know, even like thinking about it out loud, I don't even know if I'm capturing the true essence, but it was in many ways off-putting because I thought, God, I just told you that my week was long. It was stressful and really busy. And I'm being told no more stress because it's Friday. Last time I checked, stress does not disappear on the weekend. And not only that, I'm thinking, this is my analytical mind, y'all. I'm just going to put myself out there. I started thinking to myself, this was after I left, um, but I thought, gosh, what if I had just gotten a divorce or just lost a family member and I'm basically being told, no more stress, weekends here, basically don't worry about it, it's weekend mode. Um I can only imagine I would have snapped back and said something a little feisty in that moment, but essentially that is the true essence of toxic positivity. Always seeing the bright side of life when how easy would it have been to just be like, oh my gosh, I get it. This is like a crazy time period that we're living in right now. But that was not the case. And um, there were a couple other comments made um, but I just kind of let it roll off my back and and let her check my teeth and we were done. You know, love the dental service, by the way. It was great. I mean, she's a great dentist, but it was just that I'm only using this as an example to point out how toxic positivity can manifest itself, but we'll take it a step further and I'm gonna outline some signs of toxic positivity also taken from this beautiful article by the psychologygroup.com. So the first one is if you find that you are hiding or masking your true feelings. So essentially not expressing how you really feel about things. So, and I guess in a way that's kind of what I think a lot of people do on a day-to-day basis. So when somebody asks you how you doing and you say, oh, everything's good, it's fine. Deep down though, you know that you're feeling horrible. I mean, there, there's like societal pressure to do things like that. Um, but that's the first example that comes to my mind. Um, so I think about somebody who even I used to work with and I'd say, hey, how's it going? She'd say, mm, average, it's just an average day. And I loved it. I always got the biggest kick out of that because it was so real. So hiding or masking your true feelings, especially I would add with people who you love and who you care about. Number two, trying to just get on with it by stuffing or dismissing an emotion. Now, how many times does this happen in life? I mean, you know, sometimes it can feel very inconvenient to let yourself feel, to grieve, to give power to insecurity, to recognize that there is some kind of inferiority complex going on. However, but by just trying to get on with it or stuffing or even dismissing this emotion, guilt's a big one too, but by, by stuffing or dismissing those emotions, we're not learning from them. We're not acknowledging 
a whole other piece of who we are. The shadow side, which is what Carl Jung always talked about. We all have a shadow side and that's our kind of like, you know, insecure, sometimes icky side. Maybe that's a side that's prone to doing things that we know that we shouldn't do. When we don't give that side attention and not in, um, a little bit of power just by acknowledging it, it will come and manifest itself twofold. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Okay, so third sign is feeling guilty for feeling what you feel. Oh my gosh, this one's so huge. So many times in life, I have seen that people that, you know, especially in the therapy setting, come in and they say, gosh, you know, there's so many other people who have it way worse than I do. I shouldn't even be complaining. And my first response is, oh my gosh, but you're human too. At the end of the day, whether you make more money or you're in a healthy relationship, you are allowed to feel your feelings. You are 100%. um, Even if from all of the outside looking in, you look like a person who should have it all together and be super happy. We all know that that is not realistic and that's not how it has to be. So if you notice you're feeling guilty for feeling what you feel, we got to really check in with ourselves, try to reframe and work through it and start to acknowledge those other emotions. Number four, minimizing other people's experiences with feel good quotes or statements. Oh my gosh, huge. This is what happened to me at the dentist office. So, you know, I I get where where she was coming from. You know, she was trying to give me a pep talk, like the weekend's here, no more stress. You won't have to worry about it. Um, You know, like that whole like weekend vibe type mentality. But those feel good quotes, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is somebody who has just lost someone. And instead of saying something to the effect of, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. Like, I have no words. I can't imagine. I hurt, you know, I, I, I'm i so, I'm sorry. I just, oh my God, I, I can't even imagine. When I hear a lot of times people say, okay, they're in a better place now. They're, they're in a better place. So there's a good intention behind that. They're trying to give some kind of peaceful, you know, empathy. However, to the person who's going through the loss, they know like wherever their family member, whatever their belief system is, they may know, okay, they're in heaven or they're, you know, in their existential living situation now, but they also know they're no longer here with me. So to say they're in a better place, it almost negates that feeling that, oh my God, this really is difficult for you. They're not here with you anymore. So um, definitely minimizing other other people's experiences with feel-good quotes or statements is a surefire way to know that toxic positivity is going on. All right, number five, trying to give someone perspective. And I touched on this. So for example, saying it could be a lot worse instead of validating their emotional experience. At the end of the day, humans need and want to be validated. We Relationships thrive when empathy is present. When the people in our lives put themselves in your shoes and recognize what you're going through is super hard. Um, so saying it could be worse, come on, we all know that. We know that things could be worse, but when you're in the midst of a d- despair or depression, and you've just lost your job, but you do have money in your account to pay the bills, but somebody's telling you it could be worse. I mean, that is a surefire way to make somebody want to scream. <laughs> so 
potentially instead of coming out with those cliche statements, those feel good quotes or statements, all that you really have to do is say, I can't imagine or I get it. Like I get that you feel really bad right now. I'm here for you though. I'm here for you. I got your back. Um, it has a huge, hugely more productive way of showing support than going to that toxic positivity. So number six, shaming or chastising others for expressing frustration or anything other than positivity. So this was a really great comment that somebody had made on my original IG post about toxic positivity. So I thought it was super insightful. So from even like a child standpoint, um, this woman had commented that she's observed how even parents want to so quickly swoop in and save the day and try to eliminate any pain from their child's life that, you know, let's say that your your child falls down and skins their knee and they start hysterically crying. And so a parent rush, races over and says, oh my God, no, you're okay. Come here. You got it. It's okay. You're good. So instead of, um, so they do that instead of saying, oh, okay, you fell. What's going on? You feel, you know, are you okay? You go, Okay. Tell me how you fell. You know, instead of like kind of giving power to the feeling, like maybe the child is scared. Maybe they fell off of a slide and so now they're scared to go on a slide again. Um, Instead of, it sounds super simplistic, but it has so much power. And I thought it was just a beautiful way of talking about how just even everyday experiences can sometimes be chastised for expressing those frustrations or anything other than positivity. I see this a lot in family dynamics. So you've got one person in the family who is a realist and they're going to kind of say it how it is. And they're kind of labeled like the black sheep or the oddball or um, I don't know, just different from the family when it's not a bad thing to express frustration or even negativity sometimes, you know, if you're not directing it at somebody, but just to kind of own how you feel if it's a negative situation. So just remember that. Okay, number seven, (laughs) brushing off things that are bothering you with that quote, well, it is what it is. You know, it's almost like accepting that default response to life, no matter what it is. Well, it is what it is. You know, and by by saying something like that, you are diminishing how you're feeling and the experience that you're having. So instead of saying, well, I guess it is what it is, you know, it's almost like accepting defeat. What could be um, a, a more appropriate way to address how you feel? I feel really angry about what just happened and I'm going to send them an email to be assertive and let them know how I feel. That to me is a much more proactive um, thought process and way of managing discomfort or anger or irritability or whatever's going on versus, okay, well, somebody went off at me. Um, It was super unprofessional, but it is what it is. You know, be your own advocate. It is okay for you to feel how you feel. So I hope that those have been helpful. I thought that they were just immensely down to earth um, ways and signs of toxic positivity. We're going to run through it really quickly one more time. Number one, hiding, masking your true feelings. Two, trying to just get on with it by stuffing, dismissing an emotion. Three, feeling guilty for feeling what you feel. Four, 
minimizing other people's experiences with feel-good quotes or statements. Five, trying to give someone perspective. Well, it could be a lot worse instead of validating their emotional experience. Six, shaming or chastising others for expressing frustration or anything other than positivity. Seven, brushing off things that are bothering you with an it is what it is statement. So keep those in mind. Um, So when we engage in toxic positivity or when we ourselves um, maybe you know, you're hearing from this podcast that you're a fan of those kind of positive statements and you're only saying it from the best of your intentions, but inadvertently it can cause the other person to feel a little bit of shame surrounding their emotional experience. And that's why I so love being a therapist and being able to hold that space to just be super real and down to earth with somebody. And, um, let them know, like, I hear you, I see you, that's, that's really, that's the worst, like, I can't even imagine, um, because it's so much of our daily life, either I've noticed people don't want to take the time to actually engage in validation, or, um, they don't know how to handle negativity, um, or they go into fixer mode, well, why don't you do this, do that, do this, when, In all honesty, all that we really need to do is even if we're just like sitting with a person for a moment, you're allowed to say, I don't know what to say. You know, I'm here for you. I I don't even know what to say right now. Something to show support, support, not trying to fix a situation, not trying to negate how that other person feels is just vital. So the other piece of toxic positivity that can surface are those suppressed emotions. Um, Just like that old proverbial pot on simmer, Emotions will come out. I will also add that just like with many other things in the mental health world, if you know, we all know if we suppress things, suppress and try to avoid experiences, people, places, and things that make us feel anxious, then the anxiety only grows. It is a recipe for anxiety growth when we engage in avoidance. Same can be said about toxic positivity. The more that we avoid negativity, those other underlying latent emotions will continue to grow and surface. And that's when eventually the explosion happens because the human body can only run on that positivity for so long Um, because we as humans absolutely experience a range of emotions. And so that's when the anxiety attacks come, the panic attacks, um, the depressive episodes, the fights with our significant others, because that negative emotion or experience has to have a way to be released from your body. And that's why verbalization of such is so huge. Um, So there are a couple different statements I just want to go through really quickly that I think will also be beneficial and help further the point of what toxic positivity is and then also what the non-toxic acceptance validation um overview is so just some common common quotes um that are considered to be toxic positivity (laughs) okay this one is so good um don't worry just be happy so When we say don't worry, just be happy, totally negating the other person's experience. So an alternative response would be, 
hey, I see that you're really stressed. Is there anything I can do? See how that's such a difference? It's like, I see you. I hear you. I see that you're you're struggling. Is there anything I can do? Um, what about, there's another one where <laughs> somebody may say, oh, you know, everything will work out in the end. It's all going to be fine. Everything will work out in the end. The alternative could be, you know what? This seems really hard, but just know I'm thinking of you. Hugely, hugely important. It's letting another person know that you're there for them, you support them. Now, this next one is a little bit sticky because in a lot of ways, I subscribe to this belief that everything really does happen for a reason, but it's not always the best thing to say to somebody in their time of struggle. So everything happens for a reason is a form of maybe being um, toxically positive. So instead of saying that, there could be the phrase, well, sometimes we can draw the short end of the stick in life. How could I support you during this hard time? You know, so that way you're recognizing, I get that it's really hard for you right now. How else could I support you? Um, What else do you need from me in this moment um, to help you feel validated and heard? So this subject of toxic positivity is real. It happens. Um, If you yourself are wondering if you engage in toxic positivity and or maybe you've been given feedback that, oh my gosh, you are just such a positive person. There is a big difference between being positive and reframing and validating somebody and toxic positivity. There just is. Toxic positivity is when somebody may not even have that level of awareness to know that they're uncomfortable with negative situations. So they're always on that default mode of the don't worry, be happy mentality. Whereas if you're even questioning in this moment, oh my gosh, do I engage in toxic positivity? there's a good chance that you're doing just fine because it takes a level of insight to check yourself. And that's why, you know, when, uh, so my, you know, y'all all know my specialty is high anxiety and with anxiety comes like these thoughts of self, uh, doubts about self. Does this person even like me? Did I do something to make them upset? And I always have to tell people, if you're even having this thought right now and questioning yourself, there's a good chance that everything's fine. That's telling me that there is a level of self-awareness present and it's the same with toxic positivity. So if you're sitting there questioning yourself, oh gosh, do people think that I am toxically positive? There, you know, I feel like it's pretty safe to say, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out a 65% uh, certainty that you're probably not. However, there's always room for improvement with anyone to show more validation, to be supportive. Um, And so maybe that's just your plan of action. Your kind of goalpost that you set is maybe I'll work to really just try to validate um, people in their hardships and also throw my positive reframing on it, but just make sure that I'm always giving them that validation because that is what we as humans all need. So once again, I am so happy to be back. I hope that you enjoyed the first episode of season two. Look out. I've got all kinds of guests popping into this season to help you in all areas of business, life, 
love, work-life balance, all the above, and I'm just super pumped. So I cannot wait to keep the wellness going. Feel free to take a peek and follow me on Instagram. Connect with me. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast and we will just go from there. But welcome back to season two. I will see you all next Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the three L's today. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe or consider giving a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that more people can find the three L's and tune in as well. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine Counseling for daily motivation and to request certain topics you want to hear more about. Here's hoping that you live, learn, and love to the fullest.